Welcome. Well, you're at home with Jim and Joy, and you are an important part of our EWTN family, and we are so delighted that you have welcomed us into your home. We would love to hear from you. So today, we're taking your questions and your comments. Watching live, it's Monday. Please give us a jingle at 1-800-221-9460. If you are calling and you are outside North America, you can always reach us at 205-271-2980. And you can always send us an email with a question or a comment to Jim and Joy at EWTN.com and check us out on Facebook. Well, the question for today's show is this. What is the current status of the pro-life movement and the fight against abortion in your state and local community. And as you know, our states since last June 24th, 2022, when Roe versus Wade fell, we are one year away and far removed from the abortion law change. Yeah. And so states have changed. Um, some states <coughs> haven't changed. And um, so there's a great movement, and I know that if you watch Pro-Life Weekly with Prudence Robinson, she gives a great, probably the best show on television that is giving you the pulse of really what's going on state by state, what's happening, and ways that you and I can get involved, stay involved. Maybe you've been on the <coughs> sideline, you think, I need to get involved, <coughs> I need to do something. And certainly you wanna be educated as to what is happening, what isn't happening, and then empowered to participate, to yeah. do something. And during the show today, you'll see some addresses coming up uh, like EW10.com forward slash pro-life. Go to that, you'll get all the information you need, but you need to work on educating yourself and your family. You mentioned uh, Pro-Life Weekly. Fantastic, the whole family can watch this. And it goes through every aspect of the pro-life movement and what's going on, the latest regarding abortion rights in different states and so on. So our question today, as we said, what's going on in your state? What's going on in your local community regarding the movement uh, and the fight against abortion? What's going on regarding abortion? What, what is your law like? What is its state? So we wanna hear from you. And when we say what's going on with a movement, we're speaking about the laws in your state, but beyond that, pregnancy medical centers. Are you involved with a pregnancy medical center? Do you know one? What's going on there? Maybe you work in one. We wanna hear from you, uh, from your locality, where you are. What's it like working in a pregnancy medical center in Alabama? What's it like working in New York? Mm. What's it like working in Oregon where it's abortion on demand? Abortion on demand, everything paid for. And so, as Joy was saying, everything has changed since the overturn of Roe versus Wade. And so there are numerous states like, and this is from LifeSite News, that's another site you need to know, LifeSiteNews.com. It says tens of thousands of children are alive today because Roe versus Wade was overturned. Abortion is almost completely banned in West Virginia, Texas, South Dakota, Missouri, Oklahoma, Mississippi, Louisiana, Kentucky, Idaho, Arkansas, and Alabama. And we know that firsthand being here in Alabama. Yet women are coming even to these places and their desires for abortions. And so when they come to us, they may even know that it's outlawed in, in Alabama, yet they know they're just gonna go over to Atlanta. Mm -hmm. They're gonna go to Florida. They're gonna go to another state. <clears throat> so they wanna know the gestational age of their child and where they can go to have an abortion. And then we've got states like New York and Oregon and uh, California. And so they're seeing more abortions there. So we wanna talk about this today. 
Would you give us a call now? Uh, would you email us and just tell us, hey, this is what I'm observing in my state regarding nonviolent direct action, 40 days for life, going out to abortion mills, bearing witness to life, offering women options, the prayer movement for life, or pregnancy medical centers. What's happening in your state? The joys and the sorrows of the movement and abortion. So we want to hear from you. And so there's plenty more to come. Please don't go away. We will be right back. 1-800-221-9460. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Well, remember that we're taking your questions on our show today. So if you're watching, it's Monday and we are here. We're live. Please give us a jingle at 1-800-221-9460. Outside North America, 205-271-2980. And you can always send us an email with a question or a comment to jimandjoy at ewtn.com. And check us out on Facebook. Well, this is the question. What is the current status of the pro-life movement and the fight against abortion in your state and the local community? And so, you know, in, in saying all of this, we're always very aware of men and women, parents, grandparents, for people out there who made the poor life choice in their past to have an abortion. And if that is you, we say and know and believe that since the Roe versus Wade changed last year on the Feast of the Sacred Heart, God's mercy and his love and his <clears throat> healing is there for every single one of you out there who may have participated in an abortion in your past. And so that's always important that when we talk about this, you're not being judged, you're not being condemned. We, we offer mercy and grace to say there's healing and there's hope. Come, come to the church, go to confession. This morning, even as I was getting ready, uh, I was listening to Johnette Williams' show, and she was talking, a, a caller had called in, a gentleman had mm -hmm. called, and he had participated <coughs> in an abortion when he was in high school or his early college, and he was just moving yeah. through the grief and the sorrow of that. And Jeanette had encouraged him to go to confession yeah. for his healing yeah. and for more of the graces that God wanted to give to him. And John Paul II said not to fall into despair, but to face what had taken place, various circumstances and situations in your life. And that those who come and receive post-abortion healing, that some of you will become some of the most eloquent spokespersons on behalf of the gospel of life. Because those who are forgiven much, love much. Don't let Satan hem you in and, and just get you in, in darkness and in silence and in condemnation. Jesus Christ wants to set you free and, and use you for his glory and for his honor. We have a great pro-life leader with us today. It's Teresa Bonapartis. She's been on our show before. Yes. She's the director of Lumina. Hope and Healing, we've just been talking about this, after abortion. And uh, she also does, uh, she's the developer of the Entering Canaan Ministry. Also has a book, A Journey to Healing Through Divine Mercy, EWTNRC.com. So, Teresa, welcome to At Home with Jim and Joy. Are you there? Yeah, I'm there. Hi, guys. Right. How are you? <laughs> good. Good. Thank you for joining us today. And, you know, our, our topic today is, is 
asking people to share about what's going on in their local communities. And we rattled off numerous communities where abortion is almost totally banned in these states and what's taking place there. And then, of course, we got another half or more where abortions are taking place uh, through 12 weeks, 24 weeks, and then with no restrictions at all. You're in New York City. You've been there for many, many years doing a great work. And so we wanted to get in touch with you to say what is going on in New York regarding the pro-life movement, anything positive, but also just in terms of, you know, what's happening in in New York regarding abortion, those who are defending it, those who are protecting it legally, going after pro-lifers. So we want to give you a few minutes just to share your perspective. We've got a lot of stuff going on here. As you know, New York, the abortion capital of the world, right? And we have Hochul, Governor Hochul, who um, is proud, as she says, to protect and expand abortion. So in May, she signed um, two laws in in one of them was to increase the ease of getting chemical abortions in New York for residents and out-of-state people. And the other would ensure every student in a state-run university can obtain chemical abortions on campus. And it's just it's kind of ironic, isn't it? Because they used to say that this was between a woman and a doctor, and now because it's chemical abortion, all of a sudden that's not so important anymore. And here in... Um, it's just terrible. Like, she just goes on and on. She actually is allotting $35 million to providers, and she's trying to force insurance companies to cover all the abortions. And she just boasts about all this. She stockpiled um, enough chemical abortion pills to kill 150,000 babies. So, and again, it's not, she, she, they make it sound like they're protecting women, but they're not. Um, here, near where I live, I live in Westchester County, we have a Planned Parenthood in White Plains, and, um, you know, they're doing the chemical abortions. I mean, as you know, Jim and Joy, this is like a huge thing, the chemical abortions now. So, um, you know, I, I know for a fact that they've been sued a couple of times because there's this one woman who went and they did it like over the computer and they sent her the pills and she was further along than she thought and she saw her baby and, you know, there was all kinds of suits going on about that and we just don't hear about these things. Obviously, they block it. They don't let women know, you know, and, and personally, I think... Like, I'm mortified. I live in an apartment building, and I can't tell you how many times I've wondered how many people in this building might take the abortion pills, and and those babies are floating down our pipes. And so many women are being traumatized by this. It's just really awful, and yet nobody ever talks about them. One thing that really struck me last week, I saw something about how um, there was an article about how women are traumatized because they can't have an abortion. and yet the media refuses to acknowledge the trauma that women that have had abortions experience. So, you know, it's just the same as with everything else, the lies, you know, yeah. and everything. It, it's not the truth coming out there. They, they hide the truth to fit their own agendas. Yeah. But in spite of all that, we have some great people that are at the clinics all the time. Um, once a month we go to the Planned Parenthood down in New York City. We have a vigil once a month, a big vigil, where we're met by a lot of resistance, a lot of um, Antifa, Black Lives Matter, and a group called New York City for Abortion Rights. And they actually were blocking our... We go to Old St. Pat's first for Mass. It's very beautiful. And then it's only like a two 
two-block walk down to the clinic, and they were blocking our way, and um, just it, it, it was really awful. Now they've put up barriers, so they have to let us walk, but there's right. still stuff going on this past Saturday. Um, one of the girls that counsels in front of the clinic got um, a laser shine in her eye, you know, and she had to go, and she does have damage there. They don't think it's permanent damage. A few months ago, I was walking there with one of the Franciscan Friars of Renewal, and we were just surrounded by these people who were, it, it, it was pretty scary, and I was pushed yes. up against the wall. I actually hurt my ribs. So we, we have them there every month. They try to stop us from going. And all we really, we walk to the clinic, we do the whole rosary and pray in front of the clinic, and then we turn around and we walk back to the church, yeah. but they don't want that. They stand in front of us with rainbow-colored um, umbrellas. So I guess maybe what I want to say about the pro-life movement, they can, they can do what they will. Um, we know we have God, and, and we're there to pray and to sacrifice and to be there, and um, yeah. nothing that they do is going to stop us from doing that. And it, it's not easy. I'm not going to lie. You know, like sometimes you'll think, oh, no, this is first Saturday. Yeah. Ugh. You know, yeah. I don't right. want to go. But, you know, thanks yes. be to God, people just keep on coming. And, yes. and so there's a great prayer presence, and there's lots of really good stuff going on, too. Like people are you know, determined, you know, yes. to, to keep getting the message out there and to try to get people to know the truth. Because so many people, yes. you know, still, after all this time, they still don't know the truth. They still believe all the lies, you know? Right, right. Well, I think of that scripture that speaks about the reproaches that have fallen upon mm -hmm. me now will fall upon thee, will fall upon you. And that's what's going on with our people as they incarnate the face of those preborn children and as they try to appeal these women who are being exploited by abortion. We're gonna to have to go in just a minute, but I want you to just, just in a bullet kind of share, uh, number one, how are the pro-lifers being sustained? I mean, how can you continue to do the work that you're doing? What's the key well, to that? Well, I think that we pray a lot. I mean, I personally, with the Friars of the Renewal and Advocates for Life, we host a holy hour every month just for life. Mm -hmm. And we have a great group that comes every month, and we just dedicate that hour um, to the work that we do and to intercede before God. It's really beautiful. The yes. sisters do a holy hour. So there's a lot of things like that going on. Right. So I would say prayer, you know. Yes. Um, there's a lot of prayer. A lot of people are just you know, yeah. committed to yeah. God. They know his mercy, they know his forgiveness, and, you know, just trying yes. to get that message out there. And that's the only way you're gonna get the strength and the courage to do what you gotta do. Mm -hmm. Teresa, in closing, just speak a word to those that might be watching us today uh, who have had an abortion, or somebody yeah. who's paid for an abortion or post-abortive guy, but especially the woman now. She's gone through it, and somewhere she knows that was devastating. Can you speak right. a word of hope or where they can get healing? What would you say? Yeah, I, I would just say that I know how awful yet you feel right now. Uh, as you know, Jim, I'm post-abortive myself, so I certainly can relate to what anybody out there is feeling. And all I can say is that as much as you think there is no forgiveness for you, there is abundant forgiveness and mercy, and that God is just waiting for them to come to him um, for their healing, because that's his desire, not to condemn them, but to make them whole again. Teresa, thank you so much, and God bless you and encourage you and all of our pro-lifers there in New York City. Thank you for your great work. If you want to get in touch with Teresa, go to lumina at postabortionhelp.org. Lumina 
at postabortionhelp.org. Thank you so much, Teresa. God Thank bless you. you, dear. Well, you know, Teresa just brings a part, and I watch the videos, you know, where the priests are walking and they're praying the rosary and the people are out there. And it is, when I looked at it, I mean, you're just like, oh my goodness, it's like you're storming the gates of hell. And the, the, the attack that is coming from the other side, it's, it's demonic, it's evil. And so uh, you, your flesh, you wanna get really angry at those people, but you can't, they're just being used by the devil. They're, they are deceived in and of themselves. And you see that and you just pray for their protection because nowhere on the planet is it, it is storming the gates of hell so apparent is that when you go in front of an abortion clinic, especially in New York City or in California, where it's like a woman can, has the right to this, this is woman's health care, but they're never there, they're never there mm -hmm. to repair, to restore, to renew, and to redeem. They're, they're not there. And we see on a daily basis, you know, even though the law has changed in, in Alabama, girls coming in every day because now it's abortion destination. Where am I going to go? Where will I go to have this abortion? Where am I gonna travel? They're on their phones, they're figuring it out. So we have to pray. The law has changed, but our hearts have not changed. Yeah. And some of us in the church wanna stick our head in the sand and pretend that this just isn't happening. And it is happening. Mm -hmm. And you and I are called to be a part of the solution. So you have to ask the Lord Jesus, Jesus, what do you want me to do? How am I supposed to participate in being a part? And certainly you are to fast, you are to pray, and hopefully you can financially support mm -hmm. pregnancy medical centers who are doing the exact opposite of what's going on in the abortion industry. Well, we're gonna take a break at this point. Every person matters, every prayer matters anything and everything you could do on behalf of life and let it begin with understanding what's going mm -hmm. on in your locality and we can help you with that and uh, we stand here in solidarity with you. We'll be right back. Plenty more to come. Please don't go away. Welcome back. Well, before we wrap up today's show, we're going to go to Rome to check in with beautiful Joan Lewis. Now, Joan, what's the latest news from Rome this weekend? Well, hi, Jim and Joy. It's another scorcher of a day here in Rome, as it was yesterday when at the Angelus, Pope Francis announced that on September 30th, he would hold the ninth consistory of his papacy and name 21 new cardinals, 18 of whom will be Cardinal electors. Now, the list includes Chicago-born Augustinian Robert Francis Prevost, who now heads the Dicastery for Bishops, and also the Apostolic Nuncio to the United States, French-born Christophe Pierre. And another Nuncio was also honored with the red hat, and that is Swiss-born Emile Paul Scherig. Now, Nuncios are normally only archbishops, but in 2016, Pope Francis did name the nuncio to Syria, Mario Zenari, also a cardinal. And here's what the Pope said at the Angels yesterday. He said, where the new cardinals come from 
expresses the universality of the church, which continues to proclaim the merciful love of God to all people of the earth. Now, three of the cardinals elect are prefects of dicasteries in the Curia. We already mentioned prevost at bishops, and then we have Victor Manuel Fernandez, Argentinian, who was named only July 1st to head the dicastery for the doctrine of the faith. He will become a cardinal. And also Archbishop Claudio Gujarati, he heads the dicastery for Oriental churches. And also named was Bishop Stephen Chow of Hong Kong. He's a Jesuit. And someone I know very well, his beatitude, Pierre Battista Pizzaballa. He's the Latin patriarch of Jerusalem. So congratulations to them and, and many others named. Oh, and by the way, there was um, a red hat will also go to a man who is not yet a bishop. And that is a father, Angel Fernandez Artime. He's the rector major of the Salesians in Rome. 10 dioceses will have new cardinals. And interestingly enough, we have to study this, Lisbon will now have two cardinals. It already has a cardinal, but the Pope named an auxiliary um, to also become a bearer of a red hat. And then of course we have Bishop Stephen, Archbishop Stephen Martin Mola of Juba, he's 53. He hosted Francis on his, bishop to, on his trip to South Sudan in uh, February. So now on September 30th, just days before the start of the October Synod on Synodality, there will be a whole bunch of new members of the College of Cardinals and 137 cardinal electors, but which is 17 over the number established by, uh, in 1975 by St. Paul VI. However, I did some fast checking before I left the house today, and it turns out that actually two cardinals, um, Versaldi and Comastri, will turn 80, therefore cannot be cardinal electors, before the September uh, consistory. And then between September and the end of December, five more cardinals will turn 80 and therefore not be eligible to vote in a conclave. So lots of interesting stuff, but tell you what, let's go find a cool place so we can sit down and ponder all of this. Back to you. Thank you so much for another wonderful report, Joan. We've been speaking about the sanctity of human life today. I think of that prayer. Heavenly Father, I embrace your grace today so that I might not think of another, speak to another, or touch another, and that includes the unborn, without seeking your face. Are we seeking the face of God in the unborn of another? I ask all this through Jesus Christ. God incarnate, God with skin, God made poor, God with a face. He could have come any way he wanted, but he came as an embryo a fetus, an infant child, and now he reigns as the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, and he's coming back to be the judge of the living and the dead. Let us all do our part for the sanctity of human life, promoting and defending life. God bless you. God bless all of your loved ones. Keep it on EWTN. Bye now. <laughs>